0: Hello and welcome to the Music Readings Podcast, a podcast covering a variety of writings on music throughout history. This podcast is for students, scholars, or anyone interested in learning more about the history of music. I'm your host, Robert Cray, a doctoral student currently at Florida State University studying historical musicology. In each Book of the Republic, sections are organized by paragraph numbers which cover a particular argument or subject. These arguments are then discussed until there is a logical conclusion. In the start of this strunk excerpt, the first paragraph covers the topic of songs and melodies. Main ideas I discussed in the last episode are the definitions of melos, that is, words, harmony, and rhythm, and the different tonoi that are associated with different types of people. In this case, they describe Mixolydian and Lydian as not suitable for education and with Lydian and Ionian as more relaxing types of music. They then leave Dorian and Phrygian with people involved with warfare. This brings up a question of how this idea of music is comparable with modern-day music. That is, how do we compare modern music with certain aspects of life? Are Plato and the others classifying this music to a certain type of people because they know it well, or are they making assumptions on the basis of others' interpretations of the music of those people? This might be comparable to someone stating popular music is not suitable for the classroom, Classical music is primarily for relaxing, in that the genre of metal is always associated with anger. To connect this, then, to Plato's overall view, what are modern forms of music that would be in the ideal world of our contemporary classrooms and everyday life? The next concept is the ideas behind rhythm. Not only do they link this to music, but also to that of speech. In ancient Greece, there were those who would memorize and recite the entirety of Homer's works in specific poetic feet. This might be familiar if you learned about the use of iambic pantameter in Shakespeare's works. Their idea of structure and words of poems, like that of Homer, was having a specific number of syllables in each line, with an emphasis on those syllables. Linking it then to music, Plato and the others discussed the ethical role of rhythm in speech, music, and dance. A central question of rhythm in modern times is what sorts of rhythms have connotations with different moods. If you focus on the rhythm and phrases of an inspirational speech, it is much different than an angry lecture by a parent, or comparing the rhythm and phrasing of the various forms of modern poetry, a textbook, or that of a novel. Early ideas of rock and roll had connotations of giving off a negative influence on the youth, and throughout time there seems to always be a slight prejudice of newer music by older generations. The discussion of how music plays a role in the shaping of the soul is in the next paragraph by Plato. How to bring up a benevolent and well-rounded citizen is an ideal goal of Plato's Republic. According to Plato, both rhythm and harmony have the strongest hold of the innermost parts of the soul. They mention what it might mean to create a true musician. Though in modern discussions, what is most ideal, but what is also most practical? In classrooms nowadays, a theory of what is most important in education is not always the best prescription when teaching specific concepts. Not only do times change in the ideas of what is most effective in teaching, but also in the culture of the ones learning this newer information. What is ideal and what is practical are two different things completely. Plato states, quote, Can there be any communion between soberness and the extravagant pleasure? End quote. They talk of this with the ideas of beauty and disorder, linking them to rhythm and harmony. But this comes back to the central question before, is there then a balance between the two? This is a question that St. Augustine would bring up later, as well as what churches thought about when linking rock and roll and folk styles into places of worship. The last three paragraphs of the excerpt talk of the balance between teaching music and that of gymnastics, that is, exercise of the body. Plato and the others discuss the implications of learning the art of proper music and gymnastics, otherwise one might be considered too pedantic and frail, or dumb and brutish with strength. Therefore, a balance of the two disciplines would be ideal for the guardians of Plato's ideal state. Many studies and health officials in modern times promote active and regular exercise, both physically and mentally, to retain a prolonged and healthy life. In the discussion of an access of one over the other there have been stereotypical depictions of skinny nerds and dumb jocks throughout history this balance has served well in the health of a strong body and mind and in plato's perspective for the soul i will conclude with a quote from the last paragraph for these two then it seems there are two arts which i would say some god gave to mankind Music and gymnastics for the service of the high-spirited principle and the love of knowledge in them. Not for the soul and the body except incidentally, but for the harmonious adjustment of these two principles by the proper degree of tension and relaxation of each. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Music Readings Podcast. If there are any questions or suggestions for future topics, you can contact me at musicreadingspodcast at gmail.com. This podcast is produced, written, and edited by me, Robert Cray, and is free for use in any educational setting. If you would like to help out the podcast, please share and give any commentary on how it may be improved. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Music Readings Podcast.